TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. I'm Listening is Odyssey's commitment to mental health conversations. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, depression, anxiety, or mental illness, help is available. Call or text 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's 988. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for Ask the Expert North Texas. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David Rankin. There is something about the 4th of July that leads to more mass shootings in this country. We hit close to home with the mass shooting in Fort Worth on Monday, as well as the one in Philadelphia and four others on that day. In fact, the 4th of July saw six mass shootings. And as of this afternoon, five Today alone, CNN looked into the Gun Violence Archive's numbers about mass shootings over the last 10 years. It says four dates have seen more than 10 of them in any calendar year. Three of those dates around July 4th and 5th in 2020, 2021, and 2022. In fact, nine of the 10 largest mass shootings happen in the summer. On today's Ask the Expert, we're joined by Dr. Alex Del Carmen from Tarleton State. He's a, criminolo- a criminology professor. He is in the KRD Zoom room. Dr. Del Carmen, thank you as always for the time. Thanks for having me, David and Kristen. What is it about the 4th of July that brings out the mass shooters? You know, uh, many reasons, right? But we don't really uh, fully understand what exactly causes it as much as what's actually relatable to the 4th of July, meaning in the in my field in in the in the world of criminology we look for what we call correlations which is basically the relationship between a certain date in this case and uh you know the the act of a mass shooter right so when you look back and you think about the 4th of July first of all there is a, there's a situational awareness that people have that on that day we are going to celebrate the birthday of the, the United States right that's actually the noble cause but what what happens along with that is the, the if you want to call it familiarity with fireworks, the idea that you're going to be burning things, that you're going to be shooting up in the, you know, in the sky. Uh, and some people, sadly, they will use their handguns to do that. So that right there goes to show you that when you mix people and you put weapons next to that, and then you put a massive event uh, in the summer, right? The summer is important because if you look at the national statistics, the summertime keeps law enforcement very, very busy when it comes to a lot of these crimes. Summer crime is very different than winter crime, right? And so when you compare all of these factors, you know, it's sort of like a perfect storm. You know, they, they, that, that's why you have these incidents. And the 4th of July, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I'm thinking that it's probably based on the fact that all of those factors come together in that 24, 48 hour period. And therefore we have the, the, uh, the end result that we do. For any... Cr- criminals who are pre-planning their their crimes uh, when it comes to to gun usage. Is it also just as simple as the fact that it's probably easier to get away with it because it's hard for a neighbor to know the difference between a fireworks pop and a gunshot? You know, that's a possibility, Kristen. And sometimes, you know, we have criminals that are articulate enough to actually think that through, right? 
what I what I feel is that perhaps it's of, of, of predominance is the fact that you put people together. Now think about it, right? When I remember, for instance, when the Cowboy Stadium was being built, and I don't live very far away from there, right? But I remember people talking about how great it was that Arlington was going to be the home of the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, as a, as, as a sports fan, as a Cowboys fan, I was very, very excited. But then when you take that fan out of it, and then you, I put on my hat as a criminologist, and I'm thinking almost 100,000 people in one place, you know, with alcohol, you know, watching their, their sport, you know, their favorite sport with their favorite team, you know, counter another team's fans, it's the perfect storm. And so, so my, my point is, is that anytime you put people together to celebrate anything, even funerals have become, you know, the source of many of these, of these, uh, you know, crimes. And so when you put all these people together and then you give them access to weapons and you tell them, you know what, today we're going to celebrate. Today we are going to have a party. And then you add alcohol, you add drugs in some cases, in some other cases, you, you have the gang membership issue, uh, which has become now, you know, a normative component over in our system. Of course, you're going to have crime and of course you're going to have mass shootings. Let's also talk about the fact you can add one more thing to that, as we noticed in this study, um, is that most of it happens in the summer. So you add the heat to it and that can can shorten tempers as well. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's it's interesting to us criminologists that we study this, as you know, as a science. And so what we've seen is we've seen that in the summertime, you know, there is a different type of crime than, say, in the wintertime. Now, here in Texas, although in the in the most recent years, we've had sort of this extreme climate that has almost, you know, I mean, in the summer were really, really hot and in the winter were really, really cold. But, but for the most part, you know, our temperatures have been somewhat mild. And so by virtue of that, there seems to be a presence in the streets of criminals that is not deterred by, say, cold weather per se. But if you go up to the Northeast, you will notice a huge difference in that most of the crimes that take place in the wintertime are crimes that take place behind closed doors. You know, rapes, homicides, you know, molestations and various other things. Whereas in the summertime, people go out. And what happens when people go out? They drink. Oftentimes they get on boats. Um, they get into arguments, and then that results into something else that you wouldn't necessarily see in the winter. But this is not just, you know, one victim. We're talking about mass shootings. What is what does the science show about that in particular, more than one victims in these crimes? Well, you know, typically what you have is, is, is the fact that you have more than one victim goes to show you that it's not one person specific that, that is the target per se, right? So you're not, although although I will say we have seen some in history, throughout history, where the, there's a person that's been targeted, that person is shot, somebody else gets in the way, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, a mass shooting. But for the most part, what you find is that there's an argument that takes place or a rival gang showed up. Um, and then somebody said something to somebody else, not necessarily something that they had planned before, but the argument escalated. And then all of a sudden now you have three other people involved in another fight. Before you know it, um, you know, you have five or six people arguing. And, you know, 50 years ago, those arguments were settled by somebody getting into a fist fight or somebody pulling out maybe a pocket knife. And, and you know, you would have somebody with multiple stab wounds that would actually survive nowadays. You know, these folks are coming out with AR-15s. They're coming out with, you know, massive, massive weaponry that is military grade. Um, and, and sadly, you know, the, the potential that these weapons have of taking out not one but multiple people is now exaggerated by virtue of the capacity that they have. Without getting too much into the whole gun control debate, 
uh, within this particular uh, conversation that we're having. But are we at the point right now of no return that we cannot do anything about weaponry in this country and let alone advanced weaponry? You know, you know, David, I, I often say, again, as a criminologist, I, I put all my political stuff aside and I look at this from the science part of it, right? So obviously the weapon has to be used in order to inflict harm on someone, but at the same time is the person that actually pulls the trigger that we are concerned with, right? So, but but obviously that person that pulled the trigger would not have access to those weapons had they not actually obtained or had access to them legally or illegally. I think that we personally, I think that we may be too late to actually start recalling all of these weapons or, you know, it would be a, a Second Amendment challenge. It would be a disaster politically for politicians and they know it. And it would also logistically just not be able to work. But what I do think, however, is that we need to start thinking long and hard about the next generation. Right. I mean, are we and, and by the way, just for the record, I am a Second Amendment proponent. I I, I, I have multiple guns that I that I own. Uh, I believe we should have the right to carry them. But at the same time, you know, I don't see an 18 year old that, that should have any access to an AR-15. I'm sorry, I just don't. And, and, and quite, quite honestly, I'm not sure a 21 or 20, a 25 year old should have access to that because it's not really a hunting weapon per se. Right. And so what are you going to have an AR-15 for? And if you do, why are you going to have 15 of them in order to be able to go out there and, and cause harm on somebody? I think that if we limit the amount of weaponry that's accessible to bad guys, that alone will, will make an effect. But that has nothing to do with gun control per se, because these bad guys are buying them in the streets. They're not buying them at the local store. Dr. Alex Del Carmen, criminology professor from Tarleton State. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.